Welcome to What's Law Got to Do With It, a lighthearted look at life in law school. I'm Professor Richard Haig, and if you've been listening, I don't have a co-host. So uh, today, though, I, I do have a guest who is going to act as my co-host, and maybe I'll just uh, get Ethan, why don't you introduce yourself? Sure thing. So my name's Ethan there. I am a, I suppose, pre-law student. I'm not actually in a law school at the moment, although I'm certainly trying my darndest to get there. And uh, yes, I will be acting as co-host today uh, as best as I can with Get, minimal training. Guest and co-host, if you can do both those, it's perfect. Exactly. Yeah, I will host myself, I guess. So yeah, let me, a little more background. For, so those of you that were listening recently, I, my plea for having people kind of send me a note asking if they could... Uh, either co-host or be a guest and Ethan was one of the early responders and I thought and it, and it actually was perfect from my perspective because we have only had one other prospective law student on this show uh, you know as as it would is completely understandable that most of the guests would be law students or other faculty members etc uh, so it was great when Ethan emailed me because not only was he keen to do this, but he is a prospective law student. And unlike our only other prospective law student who ha was about to start law school, I guess, Ethan is still in flux, shall we say, as, he, as you said, you're, you're, you're hoping. I'm in sure, flux I'm sure is a good point. way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it'll come to pass, but, uh, yeah, so things, some of the things that are obviously going through Ethan's mind, I think, are going to be very relevant to other prospective law students, and hopefully we can, we can get into that. Uh, but I did tell Ethan in advance as well that he's, he's obviously going to be put on the spot for the other standard question I ask, even though he's not in law school. I assume he has some interesting movie, TV show, podcast related to law that he can recommend to yes. others. Yeah, so I, I did some hard research on this just to make sure that I was prepared for today. But I came up with two, uh, one that was specifically law-related and one that I guess is causally law-related. Okay. Uh, the first one being uh, Rainmaker. I'm not sure if anybody's ever mentioned that one. No, I think uh, that's a new one. Tell, Matt I don't Damon, Tell me. Matt Damon and Danny DeVito. Okay. Um, essentially, Matt Damon is a young upstart lawyer who finds a job uh, essentially doing insurance law, He's sort of like an ambulance chaser of sorts, and he's taken under Danny DeVito's wing, and they sort of work work in this sort of, I guess, for lack of a better term, skeezy uh, space where they, they chase ambulances to try and do insurance claims and things like that. Okay. Um, but it, it has a good Rotten Tomatoes score. I think it's like an 84% or somewhere there. And uh, I, I enjoyed it, you know, I, I, as somebody who isn't uh, in law at the moment or has a, a true understanding of the legal ins and outs, it, it was entertaining enough to follow along with. And, you know, Matt Damon's fun to watch, so no complaints there. Um, okay. And who are you? Are you a lawyer? Well, I just, 
just pass the bar. Well, you got a hell of a lot of nerve walking into my courtroom without a license. Now get the hell out of here, get no license, and then you come back. Yeah. I did have a second one, though, and I really wanted to bring this one up, but I was concerned that it wasn't sufficient. Well, um, I, you intrigued me because you said perhaps not it's indirectly related or not causally. So I, of course I'm yes. interested in knowing what you had in mind. So this comes from uh, the show Arrested Development, which I'm sure that you're aware of there. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to just sort of give a little shout out to Bob Law Law, attorney at law. Okay. Yes. <laughs> we, yeah. Uh, so all right that and that that that, that works I'll t- I'll take that I mean that's uh it clearly has a connection to law <laughs> in a way Perfect. that we can say you know I I can ask I'm going to ask you a follow up that I've never asked anybody else because I assume that again most people who are in law school uh you know either they they probably had some interest in law by virtue of media like that or mm-hmm. um but then they also quickly learn that it's so rare that any of these things are actual depictions of what what it really is like to study law or be a lawyer so i just wondered if what i i don't want to i don't want to you know taint your your expectations or your knowledge but i just wondered if you had the same views about law shows or or what i think i think that my expectations might have been a little bit tempered um my reference point for that would be sort of looking at uh, Grey's Anatomy and what doctors do. Yeah. Um, my, you know, my parents come from medical backgrounds. And so from that, I've kind of gotten an idea that those sorts of shows don't really embody the actual kind and quality of work that people do. <laughs> okay. Um, particularly, you know, the day to days. So I, I've always assumed that legal dramas and legal shows like that, you know, inflate a certain amount of things that you might see. Um, although I will say that uh, some of those shows that I've seen in the past have certainly, you know, uh, hit a bit of a spark there of, oh, that actually seems like an interesting thing or, oh, the, this legal jargon is kind of fun to listen to. Right, right. So that's so to that. Yeah. OK, that's good. And well, like you and I have something else in common then, because I think my uh, my family, my parents and I, my sibling two of my siblings are, are in our doctors or in the medical okay. field. So, uh, yeah. And I think, I mean, obviously entertainment wins out over everything. So Absolutely. Accu- accuracy is somewhat less. It, it's always good. You'll, you'll learn this when you get to law school and when you start practicing that it's, it's always good when something in the media is depicted accurately because you, you just realize, Oh, well that actually, that makes sense for a lawyer, but mm-hmm. a lot of things don't. Um, and certainly I, you know, if you take evidence, one of the things that every single courtroom drama I think I've ever seen does not follow the normal rules of evidence, even just in the terms of who gets to, you know, who's presenting it, who's cross-examining and who's examining and, and what the judge's role is. Most of that is often kind of faked, I guess. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I will say too, um, I've had experience in a courtroom in the past as well. And there were just certain things that immediately you can recognize that were, oh, you know, they don't, they don't stand up and walk around the room. You know, that's not a thing. Or one of the things that I noticed was that uh, witnesses at the the court that I was at, they were required to stand. It wasn't sort of sitting behind the bench and hanging out. You were required to stand the entire time you were presenting. So just little details there that are vastly different, especially when, you know, you take them all together. Right. Yeah. 
Well, good. Yeah. So, oh, you so you've had experience with the legal system uh, in in real life. A little we don't, bit. We don't need to get into that if you're not comfortable discussing that's, it. That's okay. It's uh, it's pretty pretty mundane stuff. Um, but part of that experience is is why I became a little bit more interested okay. in law and my experience from that. Huh. Um, I don't know if we wanted to get into that no, right off the bat. Uh, we'll, we'll, no, we'll, we'll, time, we'll, yeah. yeah, we'll leave that. But I think it's good, though, that you even have had that experience and that it intrigued you enough to think about laws of career. Because I, I, one of the things I recommend to all students, and it always surprises me in first year, first term, how many have not even done this, if, is to go and, and watch a, you know, some kind of court trial in, in Ontario, for instance, for my mm-hmm. classes. Because even that, you're right, all you need is one of those to realize how often it's mischaracterized in the, in TV and movies. Uh, real life courtroom is not quite the same. It, it's <laughs> as, much calmer and much more procedural. <laughs> yes. Well, and boring, some people would say, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, that's, that's great. That was a very detailed analysis of the movie, but I think, as a, again, in your case, it's a little bit different because you don't have the first year experience yet. Um, I, I can't speak to the course load. No, no, no. So, but what you can say, and uh, what I'll ask, start this off with is, what is it? And you've already almost alluded to this, but but what is it that got you interested in even thinking about law? I assume it's more than just you know, one, the, the media or TV and one instance of going to court, but maybe not. Maybe that was enough, as you say. Yeah. So for me, it's a little bit different, perhaps. Um, I didn't sort of, you know, get into, a, you know, suits or anything like that and realize, oh, I would love to do corporate law or anything like that. Um, my background, too, for my undergraduate degree is a little bit uh, different than I think other people have spoken to. In the past, uh, I come from a, like a social health side of, okay. of stuff. So a lot of sociology and a lot of health policy and things like that. Um, and I didn't really know what I wanted to do with it after graduating. I graduated about a year ago now, and it was right in time for the pandemic. And while you would think that there'd be a lot of health-related occupations out there in a pandemic, uh, not so much on the the administrative policy side of things, it's still very tight knit and requires a lot of work to get there. Um, and so I, you know, as, as a recent graduate sitting around, I was kind of thinking about what I wanted to do with my time and what I would enjoy. And then I also had this, uh, I guess, opportunity I would describe it as when I was involved in the court proceedings. And my experience with that was a little bit interesting and i started to think about that you know relationship between health and social justice and particularly in a very defined space with the law i think social justice people think about more from an activism side usually and and from the legal side of things i found it to be much more interesting and engaging and so i did a little bit of research into that and followed through with that and had a chance to speak to a few people who said some great things about health law and and what that could mean and from that, I kind of got an idea that I might want to do that and move forward with that. And yeah, ever since then, that was about four months ago that I kind of came to this realization. I've been on the journey of trying to get myself prepared and put myself in the situation to do it. Right. So is it fair to say that's a kind of you're a late bloomer to thinking about law school then? Say, I, 
I would say so. I, I know that there's a, a common term that people use of K to JD where, you know, you go immediately from graduating high school to undergrad and your undergrad is the intention of being pre-law specifically to go into law school. And that wasn't really the case for me. I didn't really know what I wanted to do right. in my undergrad or what the future would look like for me after graduating. And have sort of fallen into this as a, as an option that I'm really interested in and excited to try. Okay. So I'm, I'm probably in between the person, I've had a couple of guests who said they knew at age six that they wanted to go into law school. <laughs> I don't know how, but they, they say that. And then your case where it's kind of a, yeah, it's after, after doing an undergrad degree and realizing that there are opportunities out there. I was a kind of a high school convert. I was in high school when I started thinking about law. So again, it shows that I, I don't know if medicine is the same, but there's certainly a wide array of interests from early age to those who decide later on to do it. And I, and I don't think it it makes no difference one way or the other, as far as I'm aware, I don't think that has any bearing on how people, you know, do or, or, or what they make of their law school career. Uh, Yeah. It also sounds like, you know, having listened to multiple episodes of the podcast here and speaking to a lot of people who are involved in law school and particularly students, it sounds like a lot of people come from really unique experiences that go beyond just a K to JD route or, oh, I've always wanted to be a lawyer. That's always been where my head's at. It sort of seems to be a lot of people who move into it as like a second career option or, you know, as some sort of natural progression within their own you know, careers that they weren't expecting when they started. So I think that's really interesting as a, as a choice, whereas medical school, I feel like it's a little bit more particular. I don't know how many people, you know, go into that as a second career choice, for example. Right. No, I think you're right. And I, I think that it's gotta be rare, very rare if, if even it exists at all in medical school. And the other thing about medical school, you really have to have a kind of science background. I think I don't think mm-hmm. there's many medical schools that would take an arts, English major, let's say, or something like that. It, so you kind of have to decide a bit earlier on. Whereas law, uh, yeah, first of all, the background, there is a huge diversity of backgrounds. And that's good that you've sort of picked that up from the podcast. I, again, I don't know if many perspectives, certainly I did not when I went to law school, I didn't know what people would have done. I assume most people would have done poli sci. That was kind of my, I thought that was the pre-law track as they, the, the term that's used in the States is pre-law doesn't even exist in Canada. Really. No, it does yeah. not. Yeah. And then when I, when I started teaching, I realized yeah, you're right. I get, I almost every year I have a student who's uh, pretty mature, let's say almost my age, although that's getting more and more rare, but who have had full careers and they're in their 40s or 50s and have decided to to go into law. And that, yeah, again, I can't imagine that the medical profession has many of those. And and it makes for a really interesting class almost every, you know, every year. I find that, that that helps. You'd be on the, you'd be on the side, again, without even just taking one, I assume it's one year you've had since you graduated from your Yeah, own. yeah, I'm, I'm almost at about 12 months as of now. Right. So. And you would, and if you go to law school, it'll be in 2022, right? September. That's correct. Yeah. So you'd yeah. be out for, being out for two years, you'd be in probably a minority, certainly at Osgood. 
there'd be most most of the students would be straight from either a three or four year degree. But I find here's here's my pitch to you or my uh, what I think is I think it the people that come to law school with a little bit of experience or a little bit of time after undergrad actually get more out of it, frankly, because you've had a bit of time, even just the fact that you've you kind of decided and then you had to do some research about law school, about what yeah. it is you want to do and, and hot, trying to connect that to what you did is something that I, I don't know if everybody does that. I think a lot of students just come to law school because they they can't think of anything else to do, right? And, yeah, and you know, power to those that can decide for themselves, you know, that K to JD tracker always mm-hmm. having known that. But uh, I certainly don't believe that I would have been in the best position, you know, towards the end of graduating and having just graduated. I don't think I would have been in the best position to have immediately hopped into that because I think the the lived experience of just having time off and getting a chance to be on my own, that was something totally necessary for me. So I can't imagine what, you know, the effort that it would take and the amount that people sort of have to have themselves together to know that sense of direction. Yeah, I, I agree. And again, I, I didn't, I took one year off between and I did engineering. So in my undergrads and I, you know, that's pretty full on. And then I had one year where I was working partly as an engineer and partly doing other things. And I, and I just gave, I almost felt like that break was really good. I just needed to stay away from school for a while before I went to law school. Uh, now again, not, I, it's all very individualized. I think people do, should do what they want to do, but I, you know, I think there are many instances where having some ref- time to reflect before going to law school, because you know, you know, you are treating it as a career decision, right? This is a change. Exactly. Uh, and that's, that's a big deal. Yeah. When as, whereas I'd had, I, I mean, <laughs> again, I look back on things. I wonder if, Part of it is your generation is just much more switched on than we ever were. I, I mean, I, I went to law school, but I even really didn't really know what a career as a lawyer would be. Again, I would have been completely kind of affected by TV and seeing and thinking that that's what a career in law is like. But uh, you quickly learn, as I said, in in law school that. It isn't going to be like that. And that there's lots of other aspects of law that you can't really capture on TV or in movies, which and you just mentioned a little while ago, like corporate lawyers until maybe shows like Suits come along. But in the, yeah. in the early days, most, most media representation of lawyers was courtroom drama, right? That was the, the obvious thing. And uh, I've never seen a show or anything about a government lawyer and what they do, which is <laughs> so there's, there's an untapped resource right there or, or area. You know, I actually think that I'm not sure of the name of it. So I'm kind of throwing it out into the universe for somebody else to figure out. But there is a show on CBC Gem, if I'm not mistaken, about um, a uh, public defender in Nova Scotia. Okay. Follows her around. Oh, all right. Uh, so that's... But I, I've I just seen I've seen advertisements for it. I haven't actually watched it <laughs> Some, myself. Somebody will let me know what it is. They'll send it. Yeah. But I and I don't know. But even that public defender, it's still kind of courtroom drama litigator, right? Or criminal law, I guess, criminal yeah. justice system. Uh, the focus is there. Uh, well, all that's good. So, wh- what? Uh, how much do you know about? 
what you'd think you'd be doing in law school, let's say in your first year. Do they, are, does, is all that available to research? You get a sense of what law schools do in their first year? There's, there's a bit of a, a background to that. I think that um, for the most part in North America in general, the, the first year of law school is very laid out where you do you know, your courses in constitutional law, torts, and I'm assuming some sort of criminal law. I've heard people talk about criminal procedures, something, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, okay. 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 Not always. Um, uh, okay. But it's possible you'd get some criminal procedure in first year. Okay. Uh, and then as far as I understand it, though, it's pretty standardized. You, yeah. you do your, your courses as your foundations in each sort of facet of the law. And then after that, you sort of find your nuances from there. Right. That, yeah. So that's, that's pretty accurate, I'd say. Um, okay. But one of the things I wondered if you even thought about, and again, you may have a better sense because you've listened to some of this podcast, but the fact that you are, uh, that your first year is kind of, regimented and organized mm. one thing that results from that is that you it's a bit like high school right in the sense that you are in a class together with others and you're it's the same group of people who go through the exact same experience and even if it's a large school like oh it's good you still you put in sections if it's a right. very small school then you're just in one class of you know Thirty or whatever it is, it might be, but it's very much a shared experience, and you're all doing the same, and so that provides, in a way, a, a sense of community and cohesiveness that really I found that was a huge difference from my undergrad, where even though I was in engineering, you're spread out amongst different courses, different options, and you you know you don't really develop that in the same way. So I, th I don't know if you had that sense that that's what would happen to you in your first year. I mean, I, I was aware of the section side of things and people speaking about it, particularly from this podcast, people speak about it being sort of like high school in that regard. Yeah. Um, I think hearing you phrase it that way is, is sort of music to my ears. Cause I also in my, my first year in particular, the class sizes were so enormous and there's so much anonymity to to what you're doing and who you interact with that it, it's hard to get that sense of community. And my best years from undergrad came towards the end of it when you were in more specialized courses, upper year courses. And we actually had, I was fortunate enough to have a really good cohort where we did our last two years, almost all of our classes together with a group of 30 of us. So that was really great to have the chance for that. But yeah, right. music to my ears to hear that <laughs> that's a little bit more what it leans towards in the law school sense. Yes. And it, I think you're right, though. In undergrad, that typically occurs later on if mm -hmm. you manage to get, get that far along. And uh, whereas in law school, it happens on day one. So and that is that is different. So, yeah, you can look forward to that. I, again, I think most people really like that. It may not be for quite everybody, but most people find it a, it, it's a good thing. Your shared experience and you can, you can help each other, right? It's a, it's a really good way of developing together, I think, that, that law school experience. You, you know what, from the pessimistic side of things, when I've heard people speak about it being high school in the past, my mind has always gone to, oh, so what they're speaking of is, is that there's a lot of gossip and drama that goes on. And I was a little bit confused as to why a bunch of 
you know, supposed adults would be doing that. Oh, but. well, no, but that, that is, that's maybe the downside. It, there definitely is gossip okay. and, and that. So it, it brings, you know, it's all the best and worst of high school, I would say. Uh, and, Perfect. Okay. <laughs> so, and it's good to be aware of that in advance, I'd say, um, which again, I, I certainly wasn't when I went to law school. I was going to ask you also, have you, uh, some of the other things you need to do, and I, 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 we didn't talk about this before the show, but have you done the LSAT? Is that how? I haven't written the LSAT. Okay. Um, I'm about, about two and a half months into studying for it, planning on writing in November there. Okay. Um, Because that's sort of the, that's the last one that you can do if you want to apply for for what next I year. guess, it, yeah, yeah, you can also, you can do a January test for certain schools. Um, however, most of the schools require something no later than from November for okay. your applications. Yeah. Okay. And then also what's nice about it, as I understand it, is that for those that accept the January one, you can do the November and then rewrite in the January one if you wanted to try and boost your score. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I'm keeping that in my back pocket because I I'm not you know entirely sure how the LSAT will go. Uh, I'm one of those people who seems to do sporadically well and then sporadically poor so far. On Consistency your, on your, your isn't practice, quite there yet. Your yeah, practice tests, you mean? Exactly. Yeah. It's a well, and again, we've had podcasts about this. There's a lot out there on LSAT, not just this podcast, but you know, in general. And I think um, it's a necessary evil, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. I wish, I wish we didn't have it in Canada, um, but it is still, for most law schools, a an important component. And I'm certainly, I'm certainly grateful for it from my side of things because I think that. Uh, from my situation, I would benefit from being able to show uh, a stronger LSAT score. Mm-hmm. Um, just to, you know, I come from a, a background of my first two years being a little bit so-so as I was trying to find my way with my GPA. Um, so having the LSAT is something to say, hey, you know, I I am a good student. I actually can do right. work effectively. I think that's really nice. And I, I have enjoyed the studying process so far, but yes. I can totally see how for many people, the LSAT process would be very anxiety inducing, particularly with the timing and the feeling that it's sort of all or nothing, I think would be very stressful for a lot of people. Yeah, you're right. Oh, well, and especially for those who kind of think maybe the ones who wanted to go to law school when they were six years old and this is everything for them. And it, yeah. And you have to do well in it. Exactly. yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I can't even remember how I felt about the LSAT in that sense. I do remember that I, did, I, and I don't know if I've said this on a previous podcast, but I remember being terribly unprepared in the sense of not bringing food. And I, I, mm. I, I have a high metabolism. And so when, if something that I think it was four hours or more when I did it and I about halfway through realized I, I was getting low blood sugar and I really couldn't, I, I could have performed better had I, had some food with me, <laughs> but, but I still did fine. But I think, you know, one, one of those things, nobody ever told me, oh, you should bring along a snack or something like that or money. I didn't have any money. That's why I couldn't use the, the vending machine. <laughs> couldn't use a vending machine or anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but simple things like that. It's, there's so many little tips and things about applying to law school that I think are, you know, we can talk maybe, yeah, back in our last few minutes, we could talk about more tips, not just about LSAT, but about, 
you know, do you have, for instance, you got, you, you have to write, do you have to write a, uh, uh, what do they call it? Statement, personal statement. Personal yeah. statement. There's probably advice on what those should say. Although again, from my side of things, having read some of them, it always seems to me like people are told to write about not, you know, not necessarily write from the heart, but write about what they think, you know, you know will they, look good. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. I, I've definitely seen that in a few example, okay. um, example, personal statements. Right. Uh, I think that it's a little bit tough to look those up in the age of the internet. <laughs> and I would recommend for anybody listening, if you have a friend that's gotten into law school, maybe look at, you know, what their peers and what they've been able to do instead of the internet. Cause I certainly think that in reading a few of them online, it's a lot of people sort of laying out everything that they've ever done to be the best version of themselves. Yes. Yes. And while, you know, I don't want to take away from, you know, the merits that people have in that respect. And there are a lot of people who have done really incredible things before going into law school. I do think some of it is, is for lack of a better term, you know, pumping the tires and loses a bit of authenticity. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I think I can, again, lawyers are trained to be very skeptical and we law professors are probably even more skeptical than a typical lawyer. And so when you read stuff, you do have to, you read it with a grain of salt and it, and yet, so it's unfortunate because if somebody has done all the things that they put in a letter and they really are legitimate, we're yeah. going to be. It's it's almost as though they're under more of a fine toothed <laughs> comb. Yeah. Yeah. But so the, the, yeah, the advice I would have is show a bit of humility some somehow in the tone and, uh, or in a place in your letter, uh, as yeah. well as, you know, sharing what you've done that is good, but you can be humble at the same time, I guess would be. Yeah. And I also think to that point, there's a bit of balance that you have to be mindful of too. Cause one of the other things I haven't read a personal statement that's been like this, but one of the things that they really warn about in the, the information I've seen is to don't broadcast your entire life history as that of being, you know, a victim and pleading to get into law school either. Right. right. Cause that, that's sort of the going the opposite extreme. Yeah. Yes, yeah. there's a there's a uh, happy medium, I guess. Yeah. Those two. Well, that's good. So yeah, all these services are out there for you, which I never had, by the way. I keep re re repeating that there was just nothing out there when I was applying to law school. There, there is absolutely a wealth of there's information online. Too yeah. much. There's too much now. It's like the classic. The internet has provided us. Yeah. You, you, you can't. You have to. You have to cut through what's what's irrelevant probably nowadays. Whereas I. And, I think as well, I feel like in the last, you know, I can't really speak to the last, you know, 10 to 15 years anecdotally, but I, I do feel like with the age of the internet, the LSAT has become a very commercialized thing as well as the law school application process. I feel like there's a lot of money to be made yes. in offering services for those because it's so easy to find so many of these people online that are willing to do, you know, yeah. certain, like even you can have people that will, you can pay to, you know, review your, your personal statements and help you workshop those and create narratives for your law school applications beyond just simply LSAT tutoring. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I wonder if they have a background in, they were in the departments at the law schools that, <laughs> that reviewed applications or where do they get their expertise from? I guess is my question, but you, I, I think, you know, that I'm not sure if you're familiar with, you know, the, the 
LSAT services that are out there, but seven Sage being one of them, that's highly touted. Mm -hmm. Um, I've, since I started studying a couple of months ago there, I've been listening to their podcast and when they do question and answer podcasts, uh, with admissions people or people that they work with within admissions in their own department there, uh, they all come from previous admissions to, from various law schools there. Are they, are are they American though? Or are there some Canadian? Yes. Yeah. No, as far, as far as I know, it's exclusively American people that they featured on that. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's one thing about, we are different in Canada. And again, I think people should be aware of all those things that are available on the internet. There is a huge American bias, right? Mm-hmm. Interesting though. I, 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 it doesn't surprise me that obviously the internet has all that and yet I've never really looked at it. So, and I don't think many of my colleagues would, I, I wonder whether people in my admissions department who may not be faculty, right? There's a, there's staff who are involved wonder if they're, pro- they're probably yeah they're probably more aware of is there anything you want to ask me not that i can answer it but about, mm-hmm. <laughs> about your about your perspective law school uh, experience um what what i guess i would ask as somebody who's you know still trying to do the applications to things is uh what what have you seen in the past? You were mentioning that you've looked at personal statements. So I'll just, you know, pinpoint you on that a little bit. What have you seen in the past that looks really good or that's been very memorable and in a good way and a bad way? Uh, okay. I know that you kind of, you, you have to be a little bit careful with how you phrase it. Perhaps, <laughs> yeah. I'll, folk, I'll, I'll take the easier one, which is the, the bad way, I guess. It's just, I, I really, and it, 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 it I'm just going to kind of, embellish or add to what I said earlier. It's the people that say they want to save the world effectively through law that I'm mm. very, very, un, you know, I, I just, I take that with a big grain of salt. And I think that, you know, everybody, you know, in a sense wants to do that. It's just too trite. Right. I'd rather I, I see- feel like for those people, it's a situation where they're, they're either pandering to their audience or they are in for a very rude awakening about the reality. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Again, and that comes with your own probably just being uh, out out of school a little bit. the The world is a is a place full of good and bad, and you know we've been trying. I would I would hope we've been trying to save the world for centuries, and then we're just not doing it right. So we yeah, <laughs> you're not going to be able to. One person can't do that. Uh, and law is uh, you know law again. Law can help the world, but it can also hinder it too so you have to be aware of that and that law can be mm-hmm. used in in different ways um so i i'd be very careful about you know overselling that idea the things that i and again i, I we alluded both of us alluded to this earlier the things that i think are really good to put in a personal statement first of all tone is important and and it you know part of it, i think the personal statement is it for the app for the people who are looking through student files one of the things that law is is it's a discipline in which the written word is everything really mm-hmm. and so the substance of what you're writing is not necessarily i mean it's important but it's also can you write it's the only chance uh the people who see files can get to see how students write and the lsat doesn't tell you that really i mean there's the no not at all so, i know that there is the writing section but i feel like it's a little bit yeah uh, i don't yeah. i don't think people put much weight on that because it's all done under such pressure and rushed and yeah it's also very 
um, very procedural as I understand it. Like they're very bare bones. About, yes. There's, you know, two opinions, <laughs> argue them. Yes. That's it. Yes, yeah. that's right. Uh, and the other, you know, as a, as far as an undergraduate degree goes, some people would may have written lots of essays, but some, like myself included in engineering, wouldn't have written much at all. So you can't really, you, you can't necessarily get a sense of how good a student's writing is through anything. So the personal statement can help in that area. Uh, and so again, I think though it, it, what you don't want to see, I would, I, I'm speaking on behalf of a committee that I don't sit on anymore, but I, you know, what you don't want to see is uh, 50 letters that kind of look and sound the same because everybody's found it, as you say, a template or something mm-hmm. from the internet. Cause you're going to know that that's not the real words of the applicant. Yeah. It's sort of, you know, almost like a, a mad lib of sorts <laughs> insert your work yes, experience yes. yeah you don't want that um no. and the other thing that i think i'd recommend is you know you can say all the things about why you want to go to law school but look i i always look for something a little bit different a little bit i let's say iconoclastic or or out of the ordinary something that just is a spark in my when i read it and think oh wow no Nobody's ever said that in a personal statement before. It's really, that's an interesting thing. Uh, and if you can do that and tailor it to the law school particularly, yeah. uh, then I think, again, I think that can stand you in good stead. But I'm not okay. on the committee anymore. So I, all, all of that so is... So with kind of, a grain of salt. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think, as I say, in my past practice would tell me that that those are some of the things we we look for uh anything else you want to ask me as a faculty um, member you know what uh i will ask you another question about um your experience with law school because if i remember correctly from the podcast you went to law school at dalhousie correct correct yeah perfect so i was going to ask how you enjoyed your time there oh. and did you like Halifax as well as a place to live? <laughs> uh, I'll answer that directly and then I'll, I'll, uh, I'll broaden it out because I think, again, I think there's some important things in that question. So I, I loved Dalhousie. I, I had no idea what to expect. I, I'd heard it when in my era, it was a very good law school. It was probably in the top three in Canada. It still is a really good law school. I don't know if it's quite that high now, but so it was, you know, it was partly because of its reputation that I went, but also I wanted, I grew up in Calgary. I wanted to be on a, a coast sounded nice. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. so Vancouver, Victoria or Halifax were really my main options. And I didn't really know the East at all. Never been East of Toronto and wanted to see, there's so much more history in Canada East of Absolutely. Yeah. So all of those things combined for me and then, you know, to, to decide that I would go there. And I really did love it. I think one of the things that Dalhousie had and still does have is a great balance between kind of academics and, you know, the, the, just the social atmosphere surrounding it. So it's almost a, like a really good work-life balance. Yes, yes. And and I, you know, this podcast is kind of a, something that I 
you know, nobody, no colleagues of mine at Osgood ever thought to do something like this. They're all wanting to do very serious things. And it, and I wonder if part of it, if why I thought about this was because I went to Dal and there, you know, I had some profs who had us over for drinks every so often. And I, so yeah. they, they kind of instilled in that, that in me that, and I think that's an important thing. I highly recommend and still do that law school. But I think the broader thing that you kind of triggered in me when you asked me that question is I think it's great to think about going to law school somewhere different from where you may initially have thought to go to law school. So if you live in Ontario and you only thought about Ontario schools, take a second look at that. You know, it is, it is great to go away and to go away somewhere really far and really different from where you are. Uh, yeah, I completely agree with that. I similarly uh, from Alberta as well, and I came to Toronto here. Yeah, uh, as part of my undergrad, as for that same reason, just having an opportunity to go somewhere that's a little bit different. And particularly, you mentioned the history. You can totally tell as you're crossing from the prairies <laughs> over here that it transitions from timber frames to a lot more brick. Yes, yeah, and even stone, and that's really interesting. Just the architecture alone, and yeah. Then, yeah, and and so I yeah I would uh, I'm just so glad I did that, um, and then I ended up settling kind of halfway in between, <laughs> but mainly because the person I met and live with now is I met in law school and she's from Toronto. So, you know, again, you can add that I would not that wouldn't I I when I first went to law school first year of law school I thought for sure I was just going to go to Dalhousie and then go back to Calgary and become a lawyer and all that changed because of the exposure I had there. And, and at the end of the day, Toronto is the center of the universe. So <laughs> is that a good, a good point or a terrible point to end on? I mean, <laughs> it'll, it'll, some people will love that and some will hate us for that. But I can, he- I can hear my siblings, for example, rolling their eyes at <laughs> yes. that idea. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I my all my friends back in Alberta always sarcastically say something like, "Well, well, of course Toronto is the center of the universe." Uh, anyway, well, uh, Ethan, that was that was very good, great to to have you on the show. As my, <laughs> were you my co-host or were you my guest? How would you have described that whole? Well, thing? I had an opportunity to ask a few questions, <laughs> so I had some co-hosting duties here and there, but it was you know it was pretty fluid. That's good. And you know what I'm going to ask you uh, to do, if you don't mind, is to let me know when you're closer to maybe we'll have you back on sometime after things have settled and your applications are in and you've been accepted somewhere, etc. I will do that and I will invite you to...